Hello, happy Saturday, and welcome back to Brutal, the podcast where we're brutally honest because honestly, it's brutal out there. Also known as the podcast where we bully you a little bit, but you kind of have to admit that we're right. Um, we are having so much fun on Instagram with the daily Would You Rathers and the Power Polls. So DM us and let us know if you have one you want us to ask at BrutalPod on Instagram or email us podcastbrutal at gmail.com. So today's topic is attachment styles. We had a DM asking if we could talk about this. So again, ask and you shall receive. We also talk about therapy culture, West Elm Caleb, dating a coworker, and a number of other topics. Um, but before we introduce this week's guest, let's do some brief and brutals, aka quick answers to questions that we got on Instagram this week. Someone said, can you talk about being a bad bitch? It's a lifestyle. Um, it's a state of mind. Believe it and you will receive it. Obviously, like my friend sent this in and was trolling me, but for real, I think like so many women are just not nearly as confident as they should be. And sometimes you have to get into a mindset that like you feel like you're literally delusional in order to achieve like almost the confidence level of a very average mediocre man. Like you really have to fake it until you make it sometimes. And that's like not in a bad way. It's just like tell yourself you're Megan Fox. And then date like your Megan Fox. Like, would she text him first if he never texted her after the first date? No, because she would have numerous other men like blowing up her phone. Like, would he ask Megan Fox to split the bill? Would Megan Fox schlep all the way to his neighborhood for drinks? No, because she's Megan Fox. He would come to her. And if he wouldn't, someone else would. So even if you hate yourself and like you think you look like a potato, when you're dating, operate as if you are like the hottest woman alive. Like be delusional. Like operate as if you have a ton of options because confidence is attractive and not needing anyone and like being willing to cut off guys who aren't treating you well or meeting your standards is the best possible thing that you can do for yourself in dating and in life. Next, I asked, what are some dating deal breakers that you didn't know until you were dating for a while? Someone said, when they happily accept gifts for special occasions but will not do the same for you. Yeah, this is such a major red flag and it's like not talked about. I feel like for me at least, like when I love people, I just want to do things for them. Like I want to make their birthday special. I want to make the holidays special. I really want to like either get them something or do something for them that I thought they would like really love. Like that would be specific to them. Um, so when you're dating someone and they just like do nothing or like barely do anything, that's like this woman said it's a deal breaker. I think it's definitely – I think it's a red flag like depending on what the other signs are, but I completely agree. Okay. Someone else said people who have no common interests with me. Um, honestly, it's definitely true. Like sometimes it's good to be like a little yin and yang, but I think you have to have enough in common with the person that you relate to like different things. Like you relate to them. You view situations similarly. In rare cases, people who are at absolute polar opposites can attract and like have a good relationship. But like honestly, most of the time, if you have very little in common, like it's kind of just going to be tough like going forward. Someone said inconsistent communication um, and lack of calls versus texts. Yeah, basically when someone is hot and cold with you, like when a guy is hot and cold with you, when it's quote unquote hot, he's like manipulating you. And when it's cold, he's showing his true colors. Okay, and then the last dating deal breaker was small hands. Um, this is absolutely fair. Absolutely fair. I actually recently swiped left on a guy because 
his first photo was okay, but then on his second photo, he had really short arms, and I was just turned off, and I don't want my kids to have short arms, um, so call me shallow, but it is what it is. <laughs> okay, that's all we have time for. Let's move on to our guests because we had an amazing conversation around attachment styles, boundaries, self-respect, overcoming bad patterns, and a ton of other topics. Don't forget to write in your dating dilemmas for next week's episode, podcastbrutal at gmail.com, or you can DM us on Instagram at brutalpod. And without further ado, here is our guest. All right, welcome back. This is Brutal, episode four, and please welcome Mia Ahmed to the pod. Mia. Hey. How are you? Good to meet y'all. Good to be around this audience. New year, new us, new intentions, new connections, new happiness. Set intentions. Be different or be the same if it worked for you. Yes. (laughs) All right. So I guess for the listeners, let's tell them how we know each other. We met in like a crazy environment where we were, I would say like two normal people who found each other. Yes, yes, yes. Um, What is that? Love in a hopeless place. (laughs) So (laughs) I think that's a great summary of how we met one another Um, and shenanigans ensued. And here we are couple of years later. Thank God. Literally, thank mm-hmm. God you were like, can I sit with you at lunch? Because I would sit by myself. <laughs> All right. So before we get into the dating stuff, I want to start with our non-dating complaints of the week just very quickly. So right now, my non-dating complaint of the week is I really miss like the old Justin Bieber. Like, I just feel like he's <laughs> so sanitized now. Do you know what I mean? Like, I miss like the Justin Bieber who was like drunk drag racing Lamborghinis in Miami Beach. Like that's my yeah. Justin Bieber. Like that's the Justin Bieber I know. Not this mm. like married church man. Like not my president. <laughs> like I don't know. Okay, so you liked him during, you know, back when he was what cosplaying as black, like the boyfriend era. That's who you miss. I'm Absolutely. just curious. Absolutely. Like I just okay. miss the okay. chaos. Like not this like mm-hmm. sober Hillsong. Like I feel like he got involved <laughs> with Hillsong and like things just got really boring. I mean, look, I mean, be careful what you say. You know, they have uh, transplants everywhere, right? So gonna, I don't like, know. I don't me. want you to disappear on us. Um, so. Oh my God. <laughs> For the listeners, what is your age and what is your relationship status? I am 28 and I am self-partnered. Okay. I really like this phrase because I feel like there's like so much unwarranted stigma around being single as a woman and like there just shouldn't be. I I feel like being single is like actually better than being in a relationship that's wrong for you. Like, or just having one that's like a net negative in your life. Like your quality of life will literally be better if you're single than if you're in a relationship where like it's a net negative and it's like making you unhappy plus 12 because I just as you said like the girls be in these relationships that are not like romance that are not like like where I'm it's like sure they're wearing, right like toxic comp styles like as you said like that face like you know um our podcast host just grimaced everyone like <laughs> that secondhand embarrassment you know like it's just yikes and these will be the same people who are so quick to cut off like their friends when they do things that they don't like but then you'll keep the person in your bed does that to you times 12 and you still like take them back and cook meals for them sometimes people who are like in a toxic relationship like they'll act like well I'm in a relationship and it's like that that does not it's not an accomplishment like that doesn't mean it's a good one like that doesn't mean I would take advice from you like you know, I don't want to be in a relationship, but I do want to go on fun dates. Yeah. And it's not fun to go on a date with someone that's a dud just because they're the only person that's asked you out in six months. Right. Like you don't have to go. You don't have to go. 
I would rather not go. I don't know. Like, it's not like any date is better than no date. Some people say, some people say that there are duty dates. Like you just have to go, like, just get the reps in. Um, sometimes I think that's a good idea, but other times I'm Mm. like, "Mm." that's what I'm saying. It depends. You gotta be honest with the space you're in. Right. If I'd gone on those dates with like the idea of this is just practice. I feel like I would have put a lot less weight and stock in them. Whereas for me, I was like, oh my God, like they always say that you find love when you're not looking like, <laughs> is this it? You know, it's, I, I kind of get it. You know, the Disney dust industrial complex, like oh my God, yes, <laughs> has everyone thinking that there's, you know, a fairy tale at the other side, at the other end of uh, getting ghosted. And then sometimes it's just, you just got ghosted. Like, I mean, I would love your thoughts. That's what I was gonna say. I would speaking of being ghosted, I would love your thoughts on the, you know, Caleb West Elm oh situation that's lighting New York on fire. West Elm Caleb. So okay, for those not following, basically like several women in New York City recently realized um via TikTok, like they all somehow were connected like via the algorithm, that they were all dating or like all had dated the same guy, this guy Caleb, who works at West Elm. He matched with them all on Hinge. He texted them all like nonstop for a few weeks and then like He also made them all the same playlist, told them it was like for each of them specifically, but just like named it different things. It's like all the same playlist. And then he slept with some of them and eventually ghosted all of them. (laughs) So naturally, like everyone is on TikTok and Twitter, like cancel him, like murder his family. Like, and it's like, yeah, like he's an asshole, but like, I don't know. Some of this stuff is just like casual. Like these girls like want to speak to the manager and it's just like, this is just how it is. Like, which is like, is. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's bad behavior, but it's not like gaslighting or like love bomb. It's just like a medium manipulative strategy to sleep with multiple women at once. Which is just what people do. Like, I, I agree with you that like, look, like, I don't know this person, but I do think that what's interesting is people's desire to make a villain when it's like, I don't just admit you took the L. I, I mean, know. cause you know, to some degree there was something like, yes, he lied to you, but like, you were also willing to be lied to. I don't love seeing this mob thing play out, you know, online, because I just, if you're treating people like that, like you just must not feel good about you. So I don't, I feel like that's punishment. Like being you is punishment enough. That's what I would say. (laughs) It's like everything he's done is true. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really think that being you is punishment enough because like I couldn't be me. So I don't know, like this one girl, it was like a long, she, her account was like extremely long. It was like multiple TikToks long basically like they matched on hinge he's like texting her non-stop leading up to the date they're pen pals basically he's like sending her these playlists they go on the date he's like i want to see you again like let's go to the met tomorrow she says yes like why are you saying yes to see him the next day like how desperate are you and then he took a picture of her at the met somehow she interprets that as like a sign that things are gonna get serious and then he's texting her after like i've never felt this way about anyone like i can't imagine my life without you like you've been on two dates like two dates is insane that's what i'm saying eating it up Like like crazy so then I know so then he's like oh I deleted hinge so she takes that to mean that like he wants to be exclusive obviously he's lying and then like also anyone who openly tells you they're deleting hinge after two dates with you in a dating market like New York City like come on girl like it's a red flag like he's either lying or he's like nuts like if they do so secretly okay but like telling you is insane sometimes when we connect with people it's not because they're super great and rare it's more because we are starved of connection and they were like rain in a drought a thousand percent for me this comes back to like I I really don't like like blaming women but like at the end of the day you sometimes do have to take like personal responsibility like I just don't think you can rely on men like 
who are trying to sleep with you to like do the right thing for you or to like look out for your best interests. Like, yeah, it's not, and it doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means like, you know, they're doing what they're doing. They want what they want. Like try to just keep your head on a swivel. You know what I mean? Like rely on yourself. Like, I don't know. This is the problem. Like you said, with Disney and like believing in soulmates or like believing in the one, like you fall for this, like insane. We've been on two dates and he's saying he can't imagine his life without you. Like, how would you, how would you think that's true? Like normally any person would be like, that's insane. But like, we've been fed all this garbage. Like how many times did I sit in my house and watch like Cinderella on VHS repeated, 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 right. you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. if you think someone's your soulmate, of course, like they would not be able to live without you after two dates. But like when in reality, that's just like nuts. Yeah. I feel like it's like I said, the Disney industrial complex, but that plus like, you know, the modern rom-com, right. Of like the two oh. thousands, like it has people thinking that like, oh, this is my person. We're going to go through some ups and downs, but then we'll have this meet cute. And it's like, look, like in terms of main character syndrome, I think that a lot of people like are trying to force themselves to be in rom-coms and will extend situations that had no business being that long anyway. Like again, like not bringing you back to this Caleb saga, but I'm like, that should have been a couple of messages back and forth on hinge. Whereas now y'all have made it a personality type. Yikes. I don't want to ever be defined by one person I date that's shitty. Right. Like, I don't know. It should have been like, oh, haha. We we were both, we both encountered the same loser. Like, I don't know. It just, right. Like, are you not embarrassed? Like, are are you not ashamed? (laughs) Like, I don't, there's a lot of losers out there to date. I don't know. (laughs) That's the thing. My thought on ghosting is like, it sucks. Like, it's shitty, but it's not like a federal crime. Like, some people, treat it like you literally decapitated their mother and it's like mm-hmm. you have to relax like some people cannot handle confrontation and they're too yeah. scared to like end things with you either in person or over text or phone or whatever yeah and also like some people just don't care about your feelings enough to like to formally end things so like yeah you're not going to teach like some guy a lesson when you like call him out for ghosting you or like for anything else really like I don't think he's learning anything I don't think he feels bad for one second he's reading your like lame like call out text while he's on a new date with the next girl that he's going to ghost. So like if someone goes to you, you just got to move on. Like don't yeah. make tech talks about it. Like don't spend yeah. one more second thinking about them. Like, I don't mean to indict these girls. I just think like, like they're entitled to do what they want to do and feel how they want to feel. Obviously it's just, I don't know. It's like such a waste of uh, waste of energy. And the whole I, performance, in my opinion, of recording this, making multiple TikToks, it's okay to just be hurt. Just, just say that, right. be hurt. It's fine. And to your answer your question in terms of my opinion on ghosting, like I do think that what's concerning about our ghosting culture is that like it allows room for that person to come back into your life when it seems convenient for them. Like when people are afraid to ghost, it's not just confrontation. Like they like to leave the door open. So true. They don't want to confront do. you. And they also with guys, they want to leave like the door open. Like they want to like, they're not gonna completely be like, no, I don't want to have anything to do with you. Because then if they were to text you at 4am two weeks from now, like you might not respond. Whereas like, if they keep it kind of open door, keep you on the hook, then you might like somehow interpret your late night text as like a, Oh, we're going to reconnect. And it's like, no. Yeah. All right. So I think the next topic is a good segue into attachment styles. I call it like therapy culture, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that like, the advent of like people going to therapy more, so to speak, is in general, a really good thing for society. Like it's great that more and more people are going, it's being normalized. And I think it's healthy for everyone. With that said, I also think that it's crept into dating in a way that like has created inadvertently created like a whole lot of situations where it just gives women a huge list of like possible excuses for men's behavior. 
when really it's like, okay, maybe he's just an asshole or like, maybe he's just not that into you. <laughs> like, like it's to the point where now guys know the buzzwords to use. Like they'll be like, I ghosted you. Cause I have an avoidant attachment style. Like I cheated on you because I have emotional trauma from like my sixth grade crush rejecting me. Like, and women will be like, oh, I can fix this. And it's like, girl, no, like he's not avoidant. Like he's just avoiding you. You know what I mean? And, and why do you want to fix them? right? Like, why is that your problem? That's, I feel like my big question to women, people of all genders that are caught up in these situations, whether, why he's ghosting you, why is that your problem? Like, let's just accept the fact it sucks. We don't need to go looking for reasons. Like what we know for sure is that this person ghosted you. And we know that you didn't like that. Let's let's spend more time on that. It doesn't matter why people treat you badly at the end of the day. It just matters that they're treating you badly. Like that's all it is. And I think women really want, they want an explanation because like, I don't know, maybe they want to feel like oh, okay. That's why. Or they don't want to feel like, oh, maybe it's because he just didn't like me that much or he didn't care about me because that hurts. Like you said, people don't just want to like sit with their feelings, like sit with that rejection. But it's like, if you can learn to just like say, okay, whatever, like that guy didn't like me. There's another one that will, or like, I'll be happy even if no guy likes me. You know what I mean? Like if you have that confidence, like you won't be as perturbed by these, like, you know, ghosting after two date situations. No, I think that, as you said, like confidence is a key I think a lot of people are looking for validation and look, it makes sense that we want to be validated. We are always deserving of love and being treated well, even when we don't love ourselves. However, people really can only meet you as far as they've met themselves and people really treat you like if they treat you badly, it's because like, that's the way they talk to themselves too. And when I started applying that lens to a lot of like, even friends I've interacted with that I've had some interpersonal problems with, I'm like, oh, to your point about therapy culture, I also realized that there are people who go to therapy and lie. Oh um, my God. We've talked about this know. too. Like there are people that I'm like, I know for a fact that you have not spoken to your therapist. Like I know you go to your therapist's office and you talk about like work is stressful when it's like, maybe you need to be talking about what we all know is the real problem. You know what I mean? Like there's so many people who are not, they're going to therapy, but they're going through the motions. And your therapist doesn't see you in the wild. Right. So it's very easy to go to therapy and make it seem like other people are your problems, because how is it that everyone is mean to you and only you? It's funny because like a lot of people like don't want to kind of accept or even consider the fact that like they are the common denominator in all these situations. And it's like, maybe you need to inspect that. But okay, this is actually I think this is a good segue. So today we're talking about attachment styles. Um we had a listener write in about this topic. First of all, thank you for writing in. Um, before I read their email, let us do some background on this topic. So, you know, what are our attachment styles? Like, how do we develop them? Um, feel free to contribute to this. My understanding is basically, you know, they're formed in childhood, like your attachment style forms based on how you were raised, based on how your parents treated you, you know, what they were like, how affectionate or unaffectionate they were. Um, and then later in life, our attachment styles basically just like messes up because they inform how we relate to others in our romantic relationships. Um, agreed with you. I think it makes sense that attachment styles come from the way you were raised and grown up as a person. But I also do think that like, it's reinforced, right? Like a lot of change happens from the time that you're a kid in 10 to the time that you're 28. Like you've had other relationships, you've had mentorships, you've had friendships like that have reinforced the ways in which you think it's appropriate for you to be treated and how you connect with people. So we should talk through the three different styles. I've got anxious attachment, which means you're primarily honestly kind of like, I don't know what else word to use, but like needy, like you want affection and reassurance at all times. Like you need that in a relationship that's really important to you. 
um, like to the point where it may be kind of a problem for you. Um, because it's possible that like many partners, like won't be able to give you that much attention to reinsurance and, you know, validation, that kind of thing. Um, then there's avoidant, which is basically like, get away from me, like loves their alone time, values their independence. Um, and like, that can be a problem because, you know, if you're dating someone, like you probably shouldn't be wanting them to like get away from you all the time. Like, and you probably don't actually want them to, it's just more like you're sort of programmed from like, you know, like you said, your childhood, but also like other experiences you've had to like value your independence, like value, you know, not being smothered. I read that there was a rare combination of anxious and avoidant, which is a combination of both and which is like basically explosive. <laughs> um, and then secure, which is like healthy and normal. Um, and that's like, I guess the quote unquote ideal that we're all striving for, right? Like you're, you know, you're comfortable with distance to your partner. You're comfortable being close to your partner, essentially like people with secure attachment styles, like won the lottery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so let's read the listener email again. Thank you so much for writing in. We love when listeners write in, send your questions, podcast brutal at gmail.com or DM us. All right. So they said, would love to hear your take on attachment styles and dating or on codependency and dating. I always feel like I'm doing the same patterns that I just can't break, even though I'm aware of them. Any practical tips on how to develop a more secure attachment style and less codependent if you have any of those? My initial thoughts on this are good for you for being aware of your own shit. Like, I think in general, you know, it's good to know your blind spots and like be willing to work on them and improve because like plenty of people are sort of just like stumbling through life. Like, as we said, you know, blaming everything on others and like never looking in the mirror and saying, okay, the common denominator in all these undesirable situations is me. <laughs> so good on you, listener, for getting there. Um, I do also want to say that I think as women, we have a tendency to blame ourselves and like try to, you know, quote unquote, fix situations or fix other people. And like, sometimes people just don't have the equipment, you know, sometimes it is your attachment style that's causing problems in relationships, but sometimes the other person just isn't like a suitable partner for you. So I think finding a way to tell the difference between that is definitely going to be key, but that was just my like initial thought. Yeah. I think that my opening thought on attachment styles is that like, look, like if attachment styles in that framework is something that's really helpful in your journey of self-discovery and understanding the world around you. Cool. Like, let's just leverage it as a tool. It's not necessarily an exact science. You know, I think that again, back to what we said about therapy culture, like let's not take attachment styles and then analyze every single person. I mean, which is something that we do, right. When you're excited and you have new knowledge and you have language for something, but like, look, like it's something that's helping you understand how you're moving. Let's just take what we can from that that works and keep it pushing Um, to the point of like, I feel like I'm doing the same patterns. I totally feel that. Um, And sometimes change, like you have to think of change as being uh, circular, right? That it's like, maybe you you feel like you're going around in circles, but what you don't realize is that you're moving through those circles differently than you have in the past. So I hope you can find some space to just feel um, compassionate toward yourself. And this is the advice that I would give to this person in terms of practical tips. I would say kind of ask yourself like, okay, like, why do I, like, do I do this? Not just in my dating relationships, but in, is it in connections with family? Is it in connections with friends? So I would say again, to this person in terms of practical tips, like you don't have to do it by yourself. Like, let's see where we can have the people who love you help you in terms of spotting that behavior. So that's what I would say in terms of tips is just like, yeah, leverage your community uh, revisit the original hurt, um, yes. and try to work through that. Um, 
I don't know. Like, what do you, what do you think of what I said, Liz? I feel like I went on a little rant there. I think in life, like when you find yourself repeating patterns that you know are bad for you because she knows it's bad, right? Like she's saying, I find myself doing the same thing again and again, but I'm aware of it. I just kind of, it just keeps happening. Like I'm aware it's a problem, but it keeps happening. For me, you need to ask yourself why that is. Like you said, like go back to the root, go back to like, you know, the core of like, why is this an issue? Like, I haven't really talked about this on this podcast yet, but I'm sober. Like I've been sober for almost two years and I would binge drink like constantly for years. And I knew I was doing it. I knew I was going to feel like shit afterwards. And I knew I would do things that I regretted. And I would like treat my loved ones badly and like be a mess. And like, Mm -hmm. even though I was completely aware, like that it was a problem for me, probably for a full two years before I actually quit, I kept repeating like the same patterns because I, for whatever reason, like I simply was not ready to like do the right thing for myself. So like, if you find Mm. yourself repeating patterns that you know are toxic, like ask yourself why that is like, are you ready to do the right thing for yourself when it comes to relationships? Like, because if you're not ready, then it's just not going to happen. And you have to figure out a way to like, get yourself ready. Like you said, from a tactical standpoint, like you need to be honest about you know, who's going to be a good match for you and who's not because attachment styles are very difficult to change. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can change them, but it would take like years and thousands of dollars in therapy, <laughs> but like they're kind of baked in. So I think, you know, your responsibility is basically to like work with what you've got to figure out like, okay, for example, like if I'm anxious, you know, and I keep finding myself attracted to guys that like are avoidant, which is a very bad combination, mm-hmm. that kind of relationship is going to make me feel insecure. So you need to actually like force yourself to find a way to weed out people who are going to be like a very bad match for you, like in that way upfront, like you have to develop a strategy basically to weed out guys where like, whatever it is, like the combination of your attachment style and their personality or their attachment style, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it just makes you feel bad because when you're dating someone who isn't a good fit for you, whether it's attachment styles or otherwise, like you feel bad, you have to date in a way where like you're willing to like cut them loose and go back to the drawing board because you are so passionate about like doing what's right for yourself and like honoring your own, I don't know what's best for you and your happiness. I think that when you're asking like be less codependent, so great that you like have recognized codependency as a pattern of yours. But again, like I think that sometimes people find themselves in these situations because they find dysfunction to be familiar and to be comfortable, Mm. right? And like they're aware. Uh, that the situation is dysfunctional. They're aware that their behavior is unhealthy, but they can't leave. And I think that, as you said, it's like both asking not only why am I attracted to these people, but being like, what do these people have in common? And then maybe a tactical thing that you can do in terms of your strategy is um, move toward what's unfamiliar. Cause you're in a space where you're dating again, the avoidant guy, the guy that takes, you know, a week to get back to you. Like you find yourself so interested in that when it's like, mm, text the guy that like does, hit you up within a day or two and actually makes plans like and acts like they're interested. All right, let's get into some listener emails slash scenarios that we saw written into various places across Instagram and Reddit this week. All right. So for our first scenario, this was an email listener wrote to us. Um, it's, um, it's a she. She said, I met a guy at work, immediate shared attraction and lots in common. We both disclosed we have a rule about not dating people at work and we are both in our 50s. We decided to go on a few dates and really hit it off. The next time I saw him at work, he could not say hello or look at me. Totally paranoid. Next date told me he couldn't date, just wanted to be friends. Sad to think we couldn't try. It's such it's difficult to find such a connection at this age. I mean, first of all, I'm sorry because that's incredibly shitty that he's like avoiding you now. Um 
he's just being a big baby and like honestly a coward about this. Um, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts on this one, but I'm going to ask you what you think first. Okay. I would say like, um, I definitely want to validate the listener in that like, we live in a culture that erases women's feelings and as people at age 50, you know, um, which is very toxic. Like, and when I say that, it's like, it's like, if you're not someone's mom or someone's teacher, like you don't have a clear role in people's lives. And it's like, women are people with feelings in terms of just like my overall thoughts. Um, I would say it makes sense that the situation bruises your ego, but um, this person is telling you that he can't work that job and commit to pursuing a connection with you. And we got to respect that boundary, but let's take what we learned from that connection and apply it across the board. So I would say like, what were the things that you guys had in common? Was it a love of running? Was it TV shows that you liked? And then how can we put you in a position to do more of that? Let's have you doing do more of that, spend more time in your interests, because then that's a great way. You're putting yourself in position. You're spending your time doing what you want to do and what you like doing, but guess what? Other people are doing those things too, who share those hobbies as well. Right. So that's my one first tip. Second uh, question I have is like, what was attractive about him? I feel like we should trade every um, dating scenario we're in, in terms of what have we learned about ourselves? I would jot down the things that were actually attractive about him. And again, you'll find, or at least you need to have the abundance mindset that like other people will have these characteristics, but what did I like about this person that I can then open myself up to other people that have this characteristic. And then the third tip that I have that brings um, the first uh, two that I mentioned was let's hold your community, your friends accountable to helping you get your needs met. I know that blind dates and such can feel awkward, but that could also be another venue. But it's okay, as I said, to like tell your friends, tell your siblings, like, I do want to meet someone. Like, let's have a dinner party. Let's have a game night. Let's everybody bring a plus one that we don't already know kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Doing the things that you like doing, you know, so you already feel confident and can communicate. So I'm not 50, but like, those are like my thoughts. I don't know. What do you think, Liz? I think like, okay, so I want to address what she said, which is it's difficult to find such a connection at this age, you know you've touched on this, you know, obviously I'm 29. I haven't gotten there yet, but I can definitely understand as you get older, the dating pool gets smaller and it feels smaller too. Um, probably smaller than it is. And I think sometimes, you know, when you're a little hungry, like any food you see starts to look really delicious. Like if you're on a road trip and you haven't seen an exit in like four hours and suddenly you see a Taco Bell, you're like, Oh my God, I love Taco Bell. Like sounds delicious. Even though under normal circumstances, you would never be caught dead eating Taco Bell. Um, so like ask yourself, maybe, maybe it really was like a once in a lifetime connection, but maybe it wasn't. And maybe he just, you know what I mean? Like maybe it's just the first person that you've had like a halfway decent date with in a while, which is totally fine and allowed, but like, you need to be thinking about these things. And I do need to ask because of who I am as a person, like who initiated these dates? Like you said, we decided to go on some dates, but was it really him pushing to go on the date or was it more you? And like, you need to be honest with yourself about that. Like I've said it on the show before, if a guy is nuts about you, he knows pretty early um, and he will like take a risk to make it work. Basically, like this guy has known you at work for a bit. You've been in a few dates. He has enough information. Like, I think if he felt really strongly about you, like if he felt that for him, that connection was so strong that it was worth taking the risk, like of, you know, work consequences he would not be avoiding you. Like he would be, you know, pursuing this further and, and convincing you that it would, it would work. Um, I think he's avoiding you at work because sadly, like 
you know, first he didn't feel what he needed to feel on those dates for it to be worth it for him to like pursue this. But second, um, he's just like being a coward. The last thing I'll say is like, I've worked for three major corporations. I know many friends who have met their now partner and now spouse at work. Um, when guys say like, I don't date people at work, they will absolutely date people at work. If like, she's the one like throughout the workplace relationships that yeah. I've seen go the or distance if they're horny like, and they just want to, right? Like they'll hook up with coworkers if they're horny and bored. And if they, you know, they'll seriously date a coworker if they feel like it's really going somewhere basically. And we obviously like, we can't understand like what it's like to be 50 and single. Um, so we don't know, but I do agree. Like you sometimes have to, you got to exhaust all avenues. So like tell your family and friends you are open to setups, tell people that you want to meet someone, like go to activities that you like and try to meet people and be open to meeting people go on every single dating app. You know what I mean? Like if this is a priority for you, you're going to have a higher chance of meeting people that you connect with the more people that you meet. All right. So this was blowing up Reddit relationships this week. I actually cannot stop thinking about it. Um, it's just crazy. But this woman wrote, I recently signed up for a dating app. I got a message from a man and we talked and decided to meet up for a drink. My natural inclination is to always do a little research and find out what I can about the person before I meet them. And in the process, I discovered he is married with children. He used a fake name on the dating app. But when I looked up his phone number, his name came up. He's newly married with a new baby. Is it wrong to contact his partner and let her know that her husband is posting on dating sites or is it none of my business? I have no idea what, I mean, my gut instinct is that I would want to know if I was the wife with the baby and my husband was on dating apps, I would like to know because if they're in an open relationship, you won't do any harm because she already knows but if they're not, then you possibly just saved her years of like pain and suffering and like being cheated on without knowing it. I don't know. You might have, you could save her like years of her life. But then again, like, would she even trust like a stranger from the internet being like, hi, your husband tried to go on a date with me? Like, I have no idea. I would say again, back to whether or not it's your business. I agree with you that like, if I were, if I were the wife and I didn't know, I would want to know. So this is where like my second recommendation comes in. But again, it's all dependent on how deeply you feel about the situation. Um, I don't think that we should, uh, if you don't care that much, like, but also, you know, do what you think is the right thing in terms of letting the wife know. You could consider like, you know, creating a fake account or using your real account, taking screenshots, which I'm sure you have, um, sending it to the wife uh, and then, you know, delete block and kind of keep it pushing. Like, I don't, that's if you want to cause chaos. And like I said, be upfront. Cool. But I don't think that you should be putting yourself in a position to have to talk to the wife. Like, again, this right. is, I feel like another example of us taking on problems that are not ours. Gross. Again, I, I don't know the full situation or if this person is lying. There's some aspects in there that I'm like, ooh, I don't like that. You could even fish and ask him like, hey, what's your opinion on open relationships and see what he says, you ooh. know, um, right? Like, or you can even ask him again, if you want to be messy, what if you when you think about getting married what do you what do you envision <gasps> oh my god you would like toy with him first honestly I kind of love that like get him you know if you want to hashtag waste his time um waste his uh, time but, please <laughs> but again this is just the chaotic part of me I'm these are not necessarily always health ways <laughs> like healthy ways to go about it we talked we began this talking about the Caleb situation like I don't think there needs to be on a crusade for justice because to recycle what I said earlier, if you are this man and you are lying, being you is miserable and punishment enough. Oh my God. You're so right. Yikes. I think she should, um, I think she should reveal nothing to him. Like she should just meet up for <laughs> drinks as planned and then invite his wife to the restaurant. 
Like I think that's what I'm saying, chaos. bring the wife directly <laughs> to him. Like <laughs> we do have one more. I'll read it and then I will give a disclaimer basically. She writes, how do I ask him what are we or bring up that conversation? I've been dating someone for four months and I've stopped seeing other people. Pretty sure he isn't either, but we haven't talked about it yet. Disclaimer, like I do not believe in cishat relationships in the woman asking the guy, what are we? Or even bringing up the conversation around defining the relationship. And again, it is not because of like gender roles or like rules or like any crazy shit. I think the only way to see how interested a guy is in you is to see how long it takes him to lock it down. And I think that the more interested a guy is in you, the sooner he will be like, I don't want you seeing other people because I've had it happen every single way to Sunday. Like I've had it happen where like we go on four dates and the guy is like, I would really like to determine like where this is going. Like I like you and I don't want you to see other people. And I've had it where like, I literally was dating a guy for six months and like, I wasn't seeing other people but he wasn't asking to define things. And it's like, girl, he doesn't like you. Like, I don't know. It just, it, and you waste like a tremendous amount of your own time. Um, I think like if it's been four months, like that's a little longer than I would have like waited. And also just FYI, like if you haven't talked about it, he is seeing other people. He's possibly sleeping with other people, but those are, those are just my thoughts. I just feel like the best way to suss out guys, like how they feel about you is to see how long it takes them to define the relationship with you because like if you bring it up, you will never know what they would have done left to their own devices. But I feel like doing that right is predicate on the fact that you're waiting to be scooped up by them. Like, I really just want to see more women moving with you are the prize. If someone doesn't want to lock me down, yikes, hate to be them. Right. Because like all this can, just to say you yeah. should be dating other people while this is going on. Like, I don't really recommend yeah. dating one man at a time <laughs> because then you'll become obsessed. Like, you'll just be like, oh, my God, it's your only it's the only egg in your basket. Or whatever I that mean, makes no sense but why did you stop dating other people like that's a question that I have and it's related to what you said but also just like because back to what we said about people running being in relationships that aren't for them I think that sometimes people are like oh well it's been this long guess we should just be boyfriend girlfriend when the real reason that you stop dating people is maybe because like work is stressing you out and you only have energy to focus on one person that's fine that doesn't mean that it should be this person that they've just sort of been grandfathered in and, you know, now you should date them. Now you should be in a relationship. Like, no. Like, so I would ask yourself, like, why did you stop dating people? Is it because you're tired? Is it because you don't have bandwidth? Like, or do you actually intentionally want to focus on this connection? And if you do, why? What is it about them? And like, when you're dating, it's like, don't get into a relationship just because it's shelter from the storm. You know yes. what I mean? Like, and don't trick yourself. I mean, like, one of the reasons why it's like good and healthy to like date a number of people at once, like be going on dates with a number of people at once is that you can like have a comparison. Like yeah. you can say like, okay, I like these qualities about this person. I like these qualities about this person. Like you don't just have one person that you're like focusing all of your energy on and like, you know, all of your romantic feelings are like focused on this one person. And you're kind of like, okay, like we can make it work. You know what I mean? Like instead of being like, okay, out of these three people, like I feel most strongly about this person. And then like from yeah. there, like, is that a connection that you want to turn into a relationship or is it not? Ask yourself, like, if it's been four months and this guy has not said a word to you about like where this is going, but you're clearly thinking about it. Like, do you want to be with someone who after four months is like not really sure about you? Like, I don't know. I'm somebody who I don't like wasting my time, which is why mm -hmm. I feel comfortable asking. But again, it's more because when I ask, I'm prepared to deal with like the um, consequence of them saying like, uh, I don't feel that way. 
And yeah. that's, I would rather know, but I'm the sort of person that I admit I'm not good at taking hints. So that's why I, I cr- try to create situations where people are forced to be clear with me. If you, if it, whatever helps you move forward. Like for me, you're single until someone is like, I want to lock it down. So here's the thing. Sometimes with like, with you, you're like not a bullshit person. Like if you yes. said to a guy, like, what are we like? What are we doing here? Where is this going? I feel that you would be able to like sniff out if he was like, you know, stringing you along or like giving you some vague, like bullshit answer. Whereas a lot of times like women will ask guys, like, what are we like, where is this going? And like, he'll give an answer. That's like, it's not like we're just talking up or like we're casually seeing each other. Like he doesn't say what it is. He says like some vague thing, kind of like alluding to like, well, maybe soon, like there will be a future, like maybe soon I'll commit or like there will be, you know what I mean? And like, they don't have the heart to like see that and be like, he's just not like he doesn't want to reject me. He doesn't want to close the door. He wants to keep the door open. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, that's my concern. I think if you're the type of person where like any answer you get, that's not, I want to be exclusive with you is basically telling you, you should move on. But some people yeah. don't know that. Yeah. That's Cause I think that, but I think that as you said, like, I'm a big proponent of like your intuition gets stronger, the more you listen to it. So if you're afraid to ask somebody, I feel like there's a part of you that might know the answer. Yeah. It's why not are you, you being scared? You know, because I think that, as you said, like there are ways that people communicate and know that they're sh- you're sure. And yes, you're right. I am a straight shooter, but look, like I've liked people. And when you like and fantasize and have a crush on people, like you, you know, kind of you're living in a romantic comedy. So you take their behavior as green flags for the way you wish that they felt about you. I think we've, we're beating a dead horse at this point, or what do you have to say now? You're petting a dead horse or something (laughs) feeding a fed horse no but beating a dead horse no keep going you got it no remember like PETA came out with all that stuff that was like it's politically incorrect like you can't say beating a dead horse you have to say feeding a fed horse let them okay Um, (laughs) sure we're feeding a fed horse here but I think that I don't know do you feel like a priority for this person are you a priority to them let's say this guy was treating you like a priority like let's say he was treating you like a girlfriend like he was taking all of these steps and he was, you know, doing everything that makes you feel really good and really secure. I really think that maybe you wouldn't be this concerned about the label. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like if the mm. label is of this much importance to you, ask yourself why that is. Is it yeah. really because the label itself, you really think it's going to like make a big difference? Like That's is there so something true. about that? Or is it just that like maybe you're not getting what you want. And so you think that by, you know, getting him to upgrade, to upgrade you to girlfriend or upgrade you to exclusive, is like going to change things? Like it's never going to change things. No, that's so insightful. Cause again, it's like, as you said, seeing how he moves, you could theoretically have this conversation and he says, Oh, I don't want you to do other people. Blah, blah. Like he tells you honestly what you want to hear. And he is then a shitty partner. That's why I'm asking you what you want. I don't think you need to articulate everything you want to him because it is true that men will take that. And then just like, be what you want as long as they want to keep you. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that you should date and like be suspicious of people. But again, I, I love exactly what you said. I think that that's so insightful because it's like, if he's already moving in such a way that you feel unsure, I, I as we said, like, I kind of think you need to get back on the market and see what else is out there. Like move like a bad bitch. Like I don't stop with the scarcity mindset. I guess like if you had to summarize, what do you think is the biggest mistake that like straight women make when dating? Like what is the thing that they could cut out that would really help them avoid getting hurt? Ooh, I actually think that, um, focus less on, um, 
trying not to get hurt and more on preparing for how you can healthily handle and deal with getting hurt uh, is actually what I would say. I think that it's just, it's just going to happen. Like it's more, do you trust yourself to deal with it? And I think that a lot of us don't trust ourselves and maybe you don't trust yourselves because again, you don't have a good community around you, which is why you're looking and kind of fantasizing for this partner to be that person. Or maybe it's because you do have a good community around you, but it seems like everybody else has their relationships together and you're kind of, you know, the last one being picked to dance. Again, can you develop and build a life and develop a a, a supportive structure, like multiple pillars in your life, not just one pillar, right? For people who can and uplift you. Like, what does that behavior look like? Where are you at? You are going to get hurt, but like, let's create a life where you, you know, you have a soft place to land when you do get hurt, you know? Okay. To conclude, let's play my favorite game, Rose, Thorn, and Bud. Mm -hmm. So what was your Rose and Thorn from 2021? And what is your Bud for 2022? My Rose and Thorn, I would say my Rose was back to, I mean, sharing more of my personal story. Like I've always wanted to live in New York. And I manifested that and started doing the things to just be here. And I, it involved taking a couple of calculated risks, but it's a rose for myself that like, I, I, you get to be more confident when you do the things you think you can do. And when you do the things you say you'll do, that's my other tip to other people. So it's like, I feel more confident. Cause I'm like, yeah, I said I'd move to New York and oh my God, I did not me being somebody who does what I say I will. <laughs> my thorn for 2021 was, um, saying that dating wasn't my focus and the times that I did date I dated I didn't like let myself be in control of the situation I entertained people who saw me and went for me when I wish I'd had I don't know how to explain it like I worked a lot on my confidence last year so basically I'm saying 2021 left me with a sour taste dating wise but again in part looking back it's because I chose to date people who asserted themselves to me when just because somebody puts themselves in my path doesn't mean that I have to entertain them. I could have just, you know, dubbed it, served it. So in 2022, um, I learned that I'm just, or at least the bud is that those situations taught me that like, I'm more open to love and I have a healthier sense of boundaries than I did in the past. Um, And uh, I can take and be in control of my own romantic situations. So Well, I guess any last words for our delusional daters, our wonderful listeners, those about to be brutalized? Ooh, (laughs) those about to be brutalized. I would say, uh, look, like you don't know where life is going to take you, but you hopefully can start to know or start to craft the people that you will travel that path with. Audit your community, audit your life, because it could just be that like you see dating as a portal to all these options and possibilities when what's underlying all of that is the fact that um, is the fact that you don't like your current life. The way that you move in any relationship is based on like the relationships that made you and friendships are relationships, your relationships with your siblings are relationships, your relationship with your parents are relationships. Right. So I would ask yourself why or why not you are happy in those relationships try to clean them up as opposed to, you know, imagining that your future boyfriend is going to be the one to heal you. Cause babe, that's not the case. This is such good advice. Yeah. Oh my God. All right. Well, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I feel like this is a great conversation. This is like one of the best we've had. So I'm excited for people to hear it. Um, yes. Thank you. But thank you. Thank you. And guys tune in next week for brutal episode five. <laughs> <laughs>